0: One of the big questions I asked myself, and I wish I could quote the right author here. Um, I think it was Blanchard, but the book was called Success Principles. And it's a tome filled with really good principles. But there's one chapter I read on developing a personal mission statement. And that was one of my primary exercises. And I spent a couple of days in my room, kind of locked in my room, just really brooding and redrafting this mission because it needed to represent something really important that had to represent my life. And my life's work and, and try to get that down to one line is no easy task. But he gave a simple formula to do that. He said, you know, the first question you ask yourself or what are different qual- two, two qualities or two strengths that you possess that are fairly unique to you? And then the second question was, how do you enjoy using those qualities in service of others, right? How do you enjoy using those strengths? And then the third is to imagine a world that's a little bit more perfect than it is now in terms of how people interact and engage and and to describe that world as you see it. So your community, how would your community be a little bit different if you could make it a more ideal place? And then you combine those to, to create a mission. And I finally landed on a mission that to this day I still lean into and that's to use my charisma and creativity to help others realize that they can have a greater impact in this world. And then the second thing was, implementing that strategy to a younger age demographic. I said, you know, we, we do great work with, with adults. What if we caught someone in ninth grade or in eighth grade and we equipped them with some of these lessons and they still had all this life in front of them, what could we do? And so that led me to, to, to growing into developing the student coaching uh, curriculum that we have in, in Southwestern coaching today. Do you think
1: it's possible to teach teenagers this concept of deferred gratification and postponed rewards?
0: Yes, I think psychology relative to human history is still a very new topic. <laughs> That's what I'm coming to realize. And as, as much as there are studies um, that a lot of our, uh, the, the books we really enjoy, they quote uh, a lot of scientific studies, we're we, we starting to find out more and more that some of those studies were not great studies <laughs> You know that were done a hundred years ago. And uh, I actually, in, in fact, one of them from a uh, uh, Stanford I believe he's a Stanford psychologist who wrote on um, habits recently. Um, uh, uh, He did a podcast episode on tiny habits. He brought up how a lot of past studies on habits, as we talked about emotional intelligence and other things, uh, were were built on the the rule of 21 days. And while repetition does play a role, he said a much more important facet that we've recently learned um, that deviate from some of the old studies that weren't quite as Sound is it actually is important to feel really good about the thing you're doing for the first time, and to, so it's it's actually healthier to set lower minimum goals because how you feel matters. And so when we talk about young people, um, the way that relates to emotional intelligence is the way we can help p- uh, young people learn anything, whether it's the lessons from EQ or anything else, is it's helping them feel good in the short term about any little action they might take in that direction. Because if they start to associate good with that behavior. At the end of the day, we're all grown up babies and that, that still works. <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we get good with something, we want to do more of that. Right. Yeah. I
1: think that's, that's so important. It also goes along with helping somebody develop any new skill. If you can help them become successful quickly and feel good about what they're doing, they're going to be more eager to learn more and eager to grow and continue to progress, which is so cool.
0: Yeah.